Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and with me as always is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David, and hello, listeners to the film podcast. Now, it's not just me and you in this room today, Marek. Once again, we're joined by a wonderful guest. It's Miss Gemma Whelan. Hello, Gemma. Hello, David. Hello, Marek. Thanks Hello. for having me. Hello, Gemma. This sounds like, it sounds almost as if a start to, um, to a children's programme. Yeah, or we're reading <laughs> off cue cards, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's, the, the tone is often quite childish. What? To, to what? Uh, this show. But maybe what, with when? a bit more, you know, bums and willies thrown in. Than, than is on there. I'm glad I came. <laughs> anyway, you were, you were bums and wit. No, we won't go down that down that road. Um, we're here to talk about films. Uh, now, it's an exciting day for the whole of the British Isles. Uh, this uh, episode will be released, hopefully, the day we hear the results of the general election. Now, we've pre-recorded it, um, so we don't we don't know what what the result is. Well, a lot of people might be listening to this to escape the general election. You think, oh, it's on TV, yeah. it's on the radio, I've put the podcast on, and even these pricks are banging on about it. Well, sorry, guys. It's it's important, yeah? And here in the past, we're op- optimistic about the future. Are you? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a lovely thing to right, say, think, isn't it? We think it's going to be here good. It's going to be, it's going to be a disaster. It's not nice. It's not going to be seven. a complete disaster. It's going to be terrible for everything. It's going to be a, a, pre- a quadruple coalition, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. All four of them just trying their best. Yeah. No, it's going to be awful. But um, I saw <laughs> I saw a film about just how awful it's all going to be. Oh. It's, you better you better just um, say that you're eating a biscuit. I'm so. eating a biscuit. That's why my voice is so slightly strange. But um. I'm I'm too impatient to not eat the biscuit right now. That's how laid back we are about this podcast. Yeah. Just start have you have our food during it. Just regular guys talking about regular guys would. And what? girls. And girls would. Yeah. yeah. What film do you not like being called guys? Is that not I, I don't mind guys that, actually, is, yeah. As the word hey, guys, guys, is it not like it's not guys. genderless now, guys. guys? What about dudes? Is do you like being called dude? I mean it depends who's calling me dude. Fella? Hey fella. Yeah, I'm, I'm into part? that. Yeah, no, now you're talking. I fella. did once say, who's Buddy. this fella to uh, about um, a friend's baby? Yeah. And it was a girl and yeah. she was really offended. Always, I just meant it as just like, uh, you know. How can you tell? Sometimes you can't tell. Baby's all the same. Yeah, yeah I always ask to see the genitals of the baby before I, I speak Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. I think you've... It avoids any awkwardness. Yeah. Then you know where you are and then everyone's happy. <laughs> Well, Wait, what did you see, David? <laughs> I went to see the film The Emperor's New Clothes. I've uh, seen ooh. a trailer for this. It looks, Have you? It looks awful. 
Well, um, I'll tell... Is that what everybody thinks? Mm, it's, it's not been... It's it's not been really out there, has it? I mean, they they haven't had a lot of money to promote it. You, I've just I've seen sort of posters it. popping up here and there. What's what it, it about, is yeah. is it is Russell Brand yeah. uh, doing a documentary about austerity and the current uh, political climate in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he goes back to uh, his hometown where he came from to see how it's changed since he was there. He talks to people about what's going on and then also tells us about the history of how we got to where we are now now it's um that may sound like well so what it's russell brand doing what he's been doing for free on the internet anyway um it this film is directed and written by michael winterbottom the guy who did the trip and he did um the look of love uh was he works with steve coogan quite a lot isn't he recently he did he has done yes um and he, I think the script is actually largely down to him, but he and Russell Brand. Is it a script, or is it just um, him just talking? Well, it's, it's a documentary, so it, there, there is stuff that is, uh, you know, that in, they're just interviewing people, and that's all in there. But also, it's a this is the case. So he's putting forward a, a case, basically. Is um, it a compelling argument? I, you can't really deny anything he's saying. Right. I don't think. I mean, I, it's all pretty much on the money. He doesn't offer any solutions, and the old, the other viewpoint isn't really expressed. As with the okay. problem in all polemics, even if he's a hundred percent right, you can't help but feel maybe you're being cheated because there's no opposing mm-hmm. points of view. You know, like Michael Moore's stuff. But I mean, Michael Moore often, you know, when it's about high school shootings you don't really need an opposing viewpoint he is quite but, good in that he, he does make he does let the, his subjects make the points yeah. for him i suppose but as all good documentary makers do but um, are you a documentaries fan a huge documentaries fan yeah yeah i love documentaries. well we're gonna get on to your yes. uh, your choice yes uh, yeah. marrick is a is a big yeah like, I've, I've got a real problem with russell brand what's that well <clears throat> I think in general, in politics, and I don't really like talking about politics, I try to avoid it, I think um, that it's easy to be the opposition. And when I've seen Russell Brown on Question Time, he is not generous and he doesn't listen to other people, which is deeply worrying for me. And he talks, he, 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 he overcrowds people in the argument, he intimidates people by sitting too close to them, he talks, he talks... That leering he, he, thing of getting yeah. his face as close to them really, as I find it really... Mm. offensive and, and, and questionable and he says the easy things I, I saw him on question time and he really got found out I think he just makes these statements which are all statements everyone would like to be living in a left wing society where everyone's equal and ever, we've all done this everyone would like this but I just think we go, we, we live in a, a, a capitalist society because of decisions that were made in the, when the unions were broken I'm getting really political now <laughs> in the 1980s and I think that, and you're, we're living those things now. Well, that's what this film is about. It's okay. about it's about those economic decisions that were made under the Thatcher government, and how we're still reaping the yeah. results of those. And basically, it is the deregulation of corporations to have a free market, and what that what ha- that has led to. Mm-hmm. And that is interesting, I think, just as a history lesson. And you can make up your own mind. It's it's important to stay informed. Whether staying informed via an entertainment movie is the is the way to well, do it. It seems to be the zeitgeist, doesn't yeah. it? Like finding out about your politics well, through celebrities now is well, sort of. I mean, comedians. if that's the way. I, I would say satire has never mm. been weaker in this country, and yet we've never had more people looking to comedians to tell them what's going on. Well, yeah, Steve Freeman. Coogan did the, yeah. his little uh, Labour campaign speech the other day, didn't he? Yeah, in yeah. that calf. 
And Martin Freeman did one as well. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Frankie Boyle's very uh, politically outspoken. But I just think they become. There comes a time when they these people like Russell. If Russell Brand believes in austerity, I want to know: was he transparent? Here's my question about this film: Did he say I'm making no money out of this film? No. I, 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 if I believe in, I'm going to donate a huge portion of my wealth to equality if I really believe in it to these poor people. If he believes in it, live that life. He's not living the life no, he's not. that he's preaching, and I've got a real problem with that. Mm. If you be like Mother Teresa, if you really believe in it, but he he's had the trappings of wealth and all this stuff. It's easy, and I just think he's been warped. No matter how you, it's almost like that thing with Stuart Lee talk, wanting to be a niche comic. And he's become so successful, he's mainstream, so he can no longer talk about those things. And that, I'm afraid that's what's happened. And Russell Brand, I can't... Well, he's as mainstream as they, they come currently. Yeah. But, but what I think is interesting about this film is, one, the political arguments are, are interesting to listen to, they never tell they are, and it doesn't really matter who's telling you them. Russell Brand is engaging in that way. I don't have as much of a problem with him. I, I can't watch... I don't like him when he's he's trying to... He's using the same social techniques he uses to talk to anybody. So he, when he's talking to a serious political figure and he's sort of being flirtatious and yeah, like, yeah, no, cutie, yeah. But what's what's good about this is Michael Winterbottom, I think, is really smart at getting the most out of performers' um, limitations. So this film ends up being both a political uh, diatribe. And also a ridicul- a portrait of a ridiculous man poncing around talking about a ridiculous situation. Mm-hmm. And that is actually, it ends up being quite funny. Because Russell Mann is just sort of impotently going to banks and saying, can you talk to me about this? And nobody ever does. And, but, and flouncing around. And that ends up being in itself quite an amusing sort of clown act. But it's not authored by Russell Brand. In particular, you know the the title of the film, "The Emperor's New Clothes." I would argue, like he tells the story of the Emperor's New Clothes at the beginning in voiceover, and that's supposed to be about how uh, the the tailor and the weaver lied to the people to create value where there was none, basically, and he uses it as an allegory for the banks. But then, when you've got the title on the poster, "The Emperor's New Clothes," yeah, it looks like, and, yeah. and Russell Brand is standing there like a Jesus figure, you go, I think. There is there is definitely an intention to make this assumption that it's also poking fun at him, uh, right? You know? Right, yeah, right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. But it, I th- but he it it is funny. That's the thing. That is not what I was expecting. It, it is actually quite you know funny and you know depressing at the same time. What would it conclude? And this is going to be spoilers for people, but I can't imagine people are really going to watch it. What conclusions were there? Banks are bad guys. Yeah. 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 Well, no, I mean the things we sort of already know, but that is what the first thing he says at the beginning is these are things you all already know. I'm just, you know, putting them in an order for you, really. But is that um, the deregulation of the banks in the 80s created a system where they could, rampant greed could take over, that bubble burst, uh, and it would have crashed our economies if we hadn't bailed the banks out. That's just true. Uh, But... No bankers ever were punished for that behaviour. Mm. And yet the people who the far lower down the rung who are scrabbling to get by, if they ever put a foot wrong, they are punished with, you know, impunity. And that's basically the, the, the class stance he's taking. I agree there is a big problem and I think there's an increasing class divide. 
and this odd sort of stretched middle class which is becoming a divide as yeah. well. But I also think that I want to hear some someone actually make some solutions rather than criticising things. That's much harder to think. If he said, "Here's my," if I re- if he really wanted to be a political figure, he would have here's my alternative solution. And things haven't worked. I mean, if he knows about you look at communism and all that, the opposite yes. effect. And the evil but of he's that. never he's never suggested comedy. It's, I know, we're getting into just... too much of a political ramp for a film debate. But it's do we think do we think uh, cinema is the place for this, or or is it anywhere is the place for this? If if we people need to be informed, then there's nothing wrong with having these. You know, it's it's not a documentary illuminating anything for us. It's just one that says this is what you should believe, pretty much. So is, is it does it come across slightly preachy then? Is oh, that... I'm. Undeniably mm, so, but mm. then the preacher himself is in the spotlight, yeah, and therefore it seems okay yeah. because we okay. we have that story as well. I mean, if I compare it to uh, what was it called, uh, Twenty Thousand Days on Earth, Two Hundred Thousand Days on Earth, the Nick Cave documentary, anyway. Oh yeah, which was a self-authored thing about himself. Mm-hmm. It was all. It all seems so controlled that we that we never really got to know Nick Cave the man. It was all an act, and yet it was right. supposed to be about him, whereas this seems a bit smarter than that. I think anywhere is a forum, isn't it, for yeah. for, the, for that kind of, you know... Anywhere is a platform for, for information, whether it's uh, cinema or otherwise. This is a TV it's... film, I think. This yeah, is a, okay, this is but a because TV it's also a brand that's been given general release. They've tried, yeah, yeah. they've tried to, but I just don't I'd think... never even heard of it, but as you say, it yeah, wasn't yeah. really... Well, the, the budgets you need to sell a movie mm. these days are enormous. Yeah, but absolutely not. You can't use you can't use nectar car points or anything. Like You've that. tried, or, haven't you, you for know, your films? You can't it? do that. Yeah. What worries me about Russell Brand is ego, and I think this worries me, big egos really worry me. And I think that there's too many. Uh, there's something wrong with people. I don't understand wanting to be prime minister, wanting to be in political power, or having to control over other people. And I think Russell Brand has got. A similarity with the politicians that he's at and the bankers that he is criticising. That he wants the power of his opinion. He wants to be the figurehead, and I find that deeply worrying. That well, he's narcissism. got he's got wealth now, and he's got privilege, and then he goes, "Well, now what?" And, so maybe and he's the more, next figure's power. I on think the he's, more, he's, he's, he's more like them than uh, he the, isn't. Yeah. That's the, the the irony, isn't it? Yeah. But at least he at least he has come from a place of seeing the other side, whereas a lot of the people who are currently in power do, or are not currently in power. I don't know what the result is. Uh, do not. Anyway, anyway <laughs> yes. How many Davies do you give it? Uh, what the general election or the film? The film. The film. You know what? I'd give it a, a solid five. I think. So it's working on a ten. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ten God, system. Really, it's got five really Davids. Average. Five Davids. Really average. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't watch it again. I think it's a film for a specific time. It's not just a film to influence the vote, although that's clearly why it's been released now. Um, because <laughs> by the time this podcast is released and years into the future, this issue will still be the current political climate, we, social economic climate. We oh, are so it will still. Stand the test of time. Yeah, I think oh, really? it, I think it will remain relevant for a while. These okay. people were studying history in 2050. We'll listen to this as a unique sort of... Was it called a sort of second-hand unique... Was it called... <laughs> they described sources in GCSE history. I can't remember, like, first-hand sources. Oh, um, yeah. And they go, well, if you listen to this podcast about... Um, then you'll really find out... This is the perf- perfectly pictures of the emotions 
of people before the, the 2015 election. The minutiae election. of emotions yeah, before we, the election. It's all, yeah, it's all here. They'll, get, they'll probably get first for uh, referencing <laughs> yeah. Fandango. No, no, stop listening to it right. You can stop listening to it now. Done. Yeah, we're going to talk, talk about fun things now. Anyway, thought it'd be interesting <laughs> to talk about a political film. You know, there's yeah, not much else good. out. Zach uh, there's, there's Fast and Furious 7 or whatever it's Apparently called. Apparently it's the best one yet. Really? I mean, yeah. I'm what? sure they say that every time. <laughs> like died, though. Yeah, Paul Walker. Oh, maybe. So there's apparently a, a sad bit it, about yeah, Paul Walker a at the end. Isn't there? Yeah, yeah. They, they reshot some stuff with Vin Diesel. Um, oh, that's probably going to be the best yet, isn't it? Number seven. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I've never seen any of them. No, I, I haven't think all either. of them have been the best yet. The Expendables uh, no, nor have I. I'm, I'm have speaking been... merely from uh, what I've li- read. The, uh, <laughs> the press release you've been handed. Yeah, I've read the press releases. <laughs> I'm running out of films to watch. I don't like superhero films. and I don't like franchise action film says but it's becoming it's basically um, period dramas with ladies in them now that's all you can watch well yeah. that's what, I, what I'm going to watch next week <laughs> have you watched Far From The Madding Crowd yeah I'm going to talk about that You've next been? week yeah. oh, right. I'm going to talk everyone. about that's quite alright <laughs> Kerry Mulligan's uh, face smile we'll talk about that next time oh, okay I look forward to it that's we'll going to be exciting about, um, we'll talk about um, casting now the casting game you haven't had this for a bloody long time yes right well, what we do, we play a game where uh, we take a film that is inevitably going to be remade and we try and get in there early and decide who should be in the remake. Now, uh, Gemma is going to be our judge. Wow, okay. Um, and d- try and not let your feelings for Marek or I influence your decision. Oh, yeah, God. You've got to try. Okay. I know it's tough. That's really hard. Um, but we are going okay. to recast uh, Three Men and a Baby. Believe it or not, there are genuine rumblings around Hollywood that this is being remade. Uh, Unsurprising. Unsurprising. Uh, We love films with three men in them. Yes. Um, So, we are going to recast, and everyone remembers their character names, but I'm going to call them Ted Danson, Tom Selleck, and Steve Guttenberg. Done. Okay? So, here we go. Marek? Yeah, who who do you want us to cast first, Jimma? Ted Danson, please. I Ted think he's, Danson. A, he's a real linchpin. Ten, well, he was always uh, he was always on the far left. His vicar his in vicar. Three Men and a Little Lady oh, is God, phenomenal. Oh God, his vicar just drew me, drove me, drove me wild as a character, as, as a, a young child, character, actress aspiring. I did not see it coming. I did not know it was I him. Didn't you? Well, no, when Actually, I was a I child. I was in as well. When he pulled his face. Oh God, it was just brilliant. Character yeah. act constipated. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah, yeah. What, who was this character like in Three Men uh... Okay, he is the womanizer who is the biological father of the baby, but is too irresponsible to uh, actually marry uh, okay. the mother. But they, they, they don't want a long-term relationship, but they are still friends. Okay. But he's an actor, and he is uh, sort of um, a bit of a... Hey, can I go? Ladies okay. guy. Ladies, Ladies guy. Man. Do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I was thinking of uh, current stars. This has got to be a big film. I'm going all in on this with yeah, the budget. Great. I'm going to say Robert Downey Jr. Oh. Boring. I think he's very charismatic. Bo- Interesting. Oh. I am going to go for someone who's sort of had a womanising reputation and he's cool. I'm going to go... Boris Johnson. No. <laughs> I'm going to um, make it a bit more... Uh, open up a bit and go for a Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Oh, wow! Left field. That, I mean, wow! I don't think you're on the field anymore. That is wow. incredible. You could do it at the park. I mean, a man who has genuinely done pornography. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, so I, was about, I was about to ask because he's been in any films, but now you've, you've just answered it. He's done everything. That guy. Yes. He's lived. He's truly lived. Snoop Dogg or versus Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Who are you going to go for, Gemma? Oh God! 
I mean, pretty int- it, it, it's it, interesting. It, what do you go, safe, or do you go for flair? Well, weirdly, I was going to suggest Snoop Dogg for the Tom Selleck role, so... Oh, you really? On. No. no. <laughs> I mean, just just for the pure fact of the, the left-fieldness of it, the joy of seeing that, I'm going to go with Snoop Dogg. Okay. Yes! Okay, one for Merrick. Shit, I'm I sorry. Would, in your favour, I would believe... Uh, and maybe this is unfair, but I would believe he would knock up a lady and then I not marry too. her. I do too, I believe it. <laughs> I do. Um, okay, who do you want to... Which character next? Um, Gutenberg. Gutenberg, next, okay, please. we're saving the best till and last, how does he describe, yes. how you describe Steve Gutenberg is the, the uh, cutesy, uh, sort of funny one who is the lowest status of the three. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go for the absolute solid favourite of oh. this. Paul Rudd. I've got him down as mine as well. Oh well, I went you? first. So do you want? Yeah. Do you have a backup? I'm. Gonna... I mean, it's Paul Rudd, isn't it? I mean, it's that's Paul Rudd. The... I'm gonna. look at pretty, his little face. It's pretty. Uh, I am going to go instead of Paul Rudd. Oh shit, man! Are <laughs> you just googling similar? Similar <laughs> if you like Paul to Rudd, you the might new also Paul like... Rudd. Who else could? Who could it be? Oh, That's I it. Think I know. No one. I think I know who it should be. Uh, well, I'm going to go. No, I'm going to go with Owen Wilson. Okay. Okay. I can see that. I can see it, but Paul Rudd is a lovely it's Paul choice. Rudd. Yeah. Paul Sorry, Rudd. One or one or one or. Snoop Dogg and Paul Rudd together. <laughs> together at last. Who do we need to complete the pack? Okay. The Selix. The Selix. <clears throat> it's uh, you to go first, Merrick. Can you describe him? Tom Selleck. He's the, Hand, like, the tall man-bear one who's the most mature of them and the others look up to him as a bit of a uh, father figure. He's the one who will inevitably become the actual oh, dad. He's glorious. the dadsy one. But he's still, you know, attractive and charming. Who are you going for? Steve Carell. Interesting. 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 I have gone for the most sort of... Uh, bear-like uh, man's man oh, I can think of Idris Elba oh you were going to say the one that I think it should who be who are you thinking Mark Ruffalo oh no that is a well, good choice well, Mark not Ruffalo we've not, not chosen the Hulk shit you can't uh, you can't ever play the casting game so I love that. Mark Ruffalo I though. love him so much he'd be glorious in that role he's excellent um, so, so who, are you got, going for? who have I got I've got Steve Carell, Steve Carell or, or Idris Elba Idris Elba Tensions mounting. It is. I mean, I'm, I'm going to carry on talking during the picture. <laughs> just so people know that... Uh, Steve Carell. Oh. Yes. I'm yes. sorry, Boy. only because I just love him from uh, that the wrestling film that was recently... The wrestling, the wrestling film? film? What was it called? The wrestling film? Was it, oh, Foxcatcher. Oh, God, thank you, Foxcatcher, Fox because I'm completely in love with him. From that, I'm going to choose him. That's, so that's my only reason. Merrick's one. one. Merrick's one. So our I final mean, cast was... Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Steve Carell and, and Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. I mean, it sounds awful. It sounds I think terrible. It sounds awesome. Now we understand why remakes are so bad. <laughs> we, 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 we were excited at the time, and then as soon as the cast was assembled, we're yeah, like, oh, oh no. no. What's no, this dog? Really? Re- oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, Hollywood, if you're listening, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, also, I could do Fiona's part. In Three Men and a Little Lady. I think Three Men and a Little Lady is a superior film. It's a better film, yeah. I really like it. Yeah. Which one's the one with a ghost in it? 
Uh, that is three men and a little lady. Ghostbusters? And it's not a ghost. This is an urban myth that in one of the shots there is the ghost of a, a child who died in the flat they were filming in. Just over... Um, oh, really? Over, Great marketing. And it isn't true. If you actually look at it, it is a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson. So, um, you heard it here first because he's an actor, it's from one of his movie. Um, are you sure? Posts. Yes, yes, it's famously an it's famously a cardboard cutout. <laughs> Dadson, not a small Victorian boy. Um, sorry to disappoint, oh, shame. um, but yeah, no, I think Good it game. is a superior film, and r- rarely a I think a kid actor who is actually charming rather than off putting. Yes, they're few and far between, but she's excellent, she is fantastic. There we go. Right. Well, we, as always, have asked our guests to bring in a film. And the film you chose, Gemma Whelan, was... King of Kong. The King of Kong. Would you like to describe uh, what this film is about to our listeners, for those who don't know it? Um, So The King of Kong is a documentary uh, from the 80s um, about, uh, basically, uh, a man who scores the highest score on Donkey Kong on an arcade game and uh, then really the dispute between who really is the King of Kong because they have a, they go to well they actually never do go to, to war over it but um, they there's, there's, the... there's two main characters Billy Mitchell and Steve Wiebe and basically Billy Mitchell is the reigning king of Kong supposedly and then they try and then Steve Wiebe does better basically it's who gets the highest score on King of Kong um, I'd not but seen it's, it but it's the minutiae of human behaviour that is captured in this film is second to none. If you haven't seen it, I urge you to. The, the editing is beautiful. Even the way it's edited, the music and the beautiful cutaways to these extraordinary characters and the beautiful storytelling of it. It's a real fascinating watch of sort of sort of human deceit and honesty all at once. And it's just, it's a quagmire and you could, you're almost screaming at the film, like, "What? How, how is the, How are you? How, how is Billy Mitchell getting away the with this? Injustice oh, it's so unjust. He is such a good character. Oh I'm, God! I'm really anyway, pleased you picked I this could because talk about it, but... because like, so many people have told me, "Oh, you've got to see mm. King of Kong," and it's mm. one of those that's just been on my list for forever, and now oh, I finally great. see it. But yeah, Billy Mitchell is such a wonderful villain. Like, oh he God, out, isn't he? He out villains Alan Rickman whilst looking slightly like him. Yeah. Um, also slightly sort of Jesus-like. If, if you if we want to believe the sort of conventional but he has that... painting of Jesus, this kind of weird, beautiful yeah. Vidal Sassoon haircut. But, but slightly too long. And slightly too long. Slightly just too kicking long. out at the end. The uh, yeah. he's, he's yeah he, he's an awful man. If you awful. wrote if you wrote him in a sitcom or you got a costume person to say right, I went to wear. An, a terrible suit with like a uh, an American flag tie and have really luscious hair yeah. and a horrible beard. You'd say that's just it, too much. Exist, yeah. yeah, but also the 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 comedy of this, even though oh, it's real life. Yeah, did this? When did it? The film come out? Because I know it's set in in the eighties. The record was made in eighty two, I think. The so late, it's it's been around a long about. time but the, the King of Kong the film uh, came out in 2007 oh right but, quite but, was, yeah. but the awkwardness of all of it 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 feels so like uh, modern sitcoms like uh, you know like the American Office or Curb stuff. or anything yeah anybody. all of that kind of like just uh, I mean the things Billy Mitchell says uh, it just is it seems to be so unself-aware of how he's coming yeah. across it's almost a study you could call this a study in autism <laughs> all, the characters, all of them, yeah. The documentary maker must have started filming this 
picking on this this Steve Weeby bloke who's probably the least weird. Yeah. But uh, but he, he's still got this part of him that has to do this, he, doesn't he? He's, he something, he's got a really pushy dad and he basically... It's a delight for a documentary, didn't he? I was taught a long time ago, so I, uh, I watched little bits of Troy Mum. He was a pitcher and he messed up the gut. He, yeah. his big game, his dad pushed him too hard so he couldn't pitch. Well, so. he got injured and then messed up the big yeah. game, did he? I mean, it's so perfectly a sports movie as well, it's even beautiful. though it's real life. Um, well, it is and it isn't. It's even got a surprise ending. It's not like, so which one of them wins in a head-to-head? It's like, this is... But all there's, there's, there's sub-characters as well. You've got the guy... Oh, the, the who, ref. The guy, the referee, the guy who watches videotapes of... Oh, my long video God. Tapes of yeah. games and Billy Mitchell's weird... Sidekick. ...friend, <laughs> evil Look, friend. Yeah. Like he's a proper little gremlin, that mm, guy, as well, mm, isn't mm, he? Mm, just mm. like, just so desperate for the attention of of the you know the king it's it's in it's all like politics it's in microcosm isn't, isn't it, it? It's, it's a like, real the minutiae of all, all of the, the desperate attempts and <laughs> foibles and strengths sort of wrapped up in this desperation to be the winner of king of kong and it's just so unfair the whole thing like you you because i mean obviously every documentary is made with a slight bias yeah. so we see this one really very much in favor of steve Weeby and justice for him but there's no denying that along the way there are terrible, terrible things that Billy Mitchell gets up to that are just jaw-droppingly... <laughs> I love like how cross he gets He thinks he's getting stuff. away with it. Yeah. And, and, they, and the lovely cross-cutaways they do. So they, like Steve Weeby's done something really nice and they jump cut to um, Billy Mitchell just looking really, really pissed <laughs> off. And then he says something about, uh, you know... Uh, he says he says at one point I think the only way to make sure that this is fair is for us to be to play on at the fun spot arcade and that's where the record should be made but he refuses to turn up at the fun spot because he knows he'll lose because he knows he'll lose and it's transparent at that time when Steve Weeby does it and then Billy Mitchell suddenly sends this evil tape with his grandmother it's just it's, it's so villainous and it's an extraordinary documentary it's a perfect world oh. a perfect world of like pantomime villains with probably one of the best villains I don't know yeah yeah. for me one of the most tragic things in it is when uh, the geek guy who's watching who has to verify all the world records is watching the tape and he's watching Steve Weeby's sort of highest point scoring because Donkey Kong is one of the hardest arcade games to play so all these geeks really see it as like that's the it's you, the pinnacle yeah if you, you, you're the best at that you're the best arcade game player and there's a bit where the, the geek's watching this tape and he's watching the score and in the background, Steve Weeby oh, basically, yeah. he plays in his garage. He's got a machine set up yeah. and his kid's there. And the guy, the geek's watching the scoreboard and you can hear the, Steve Weeby's child in the background saying, Daddy, stop playing, Donkey Kong! <laughs> stop <laughs> playing! Wipe my butt! Wipe my butt! Stop playing, Donkey Kong! And yeah. it's the it's first time he wins it. He does. He gets yeah. the record, but, but it's horrific. The fact that he's clearly his kids running around with yeah. Kong ahead of the fact that his kid is in need with yeah. a mucky bum. The kids finding it. <laughs> kids finding it funny though, isn't he? It's not. It's not kids yeah, not weeping not in the background. Really. Well, I don't well, know. I don't know. It's pretty, pretty close to the bone in terms of parenting, I'd say. But I mean, when you're nearly at a million on Donkey Kong, what's to stop you? Yeah, I mean, he he was on a roll, guys. So yeah, let's exactly. Cut him let's, some slack. Social services back down. Um, yeah, it's but almost the fact it is 
just Donkey Kong makes it all the yeah, exactly. better. Like, if it was, I don't know, I don't know what's what's more important, but you know what I mean? But it's also like what you say, Mark, that that he is, he lost the pitching, yeah, he's failed at many, many things mm. in his life, we're led to believe, you know, he's just almost been that guy. So the fact that he is that guy for King of Kong and then it's not allowed, really until, even at the end, it's not really like, weird. Yeah. I mean, they acknowledge that he's very good at it, but they never say... But what's beautiful about the duality of the two of them is they do set up this entire idea that he's never really driven himself and and uh, become you know ambitious and singularly yeah. minded yeah. about it. And then we see Billy Mitchell, who is exactly those things, and is a complete asshole. Oh, so you God, just go, well, exactly. thank what God, Steve Weeby has. And it is a you can be Steve Weeby or you can be yeah. Billy Mitchell. That's the that's the yeah. sort of even thing. the names like Steve Weeby, Weeby, Billy Mitchell. Weeby is hard. hard. <laughs> I mean, Billy Mitchell doesn't. It doesn't look like someone from EastEnders. He no, he doesn't. Like he sounds like him. He doesn't look like a Mitchell brother. He uh, he looks like a Gruber, in my opinion. But yeah. this led to loads of other. I think it's led to either Indie Game came out, which is a, have you seen Indie Game? No, I haven't. It's about people trying to make their own uh, computer game. It's a nice documentary. It's very good. I know this has spawned these like geek documentaries that have been. They follow people like go to Comic Con and stuff like that, and all these weird. Things this seems to be the mother of those weird computer computer documentaries. I know I liked it. Indie game. It still is not as good as American movie. Oh, that's seen American movie. Yet. I haven't seen American movie. No, it is the. If you think Billy Mitchell is a great character, the characters in American movie. Oh uh, really? They're making their own. It's a guy, a filmmaker, who's determined to make his own film. I keep bang on about it. American movie. It's my favourite ever documentary. It is excellent. Um. What else do you like? What other docs do you, are you fans of? Um, I am. Have you have you seen um, Murder on a Sunday Morning? No. What it is this? It is amazing. <laughs> it's about injustice in America, um, and one boy's uh, great misfortune being in the wrong place at the wrong time, and how hundreds and hundreds of thousands of cases like his happen every day. But ju- but for the fact that there's one brilliant attorney that fights his corner, it's a brilliant documentary, and it's because it's in America, all of the court case was filmed, so you see both sides of the argument, and it's they, just they... so corrupt and so extraordinary. Um, a woman is shot at gunpoint in the face by someone early on a Sunday morning, and it's the fallout from that. Basically, I won't give anything away, but it's a brilliantly drawn documentary. Murder on a, Murder Sunday, on a morning. Sunday morning. Is it recent? No, no, no. It's eighties, uh, early nineties, late eighties, I think. Okay. Because um, of course, yes. I mean, it feels. It well, you feels, can watch uh, the whole thing on YouTube, but it's uh, sort of in fifteen minutes portions legally which are beautiful. Or... Yeah, well it's on YouTube yeah, well, so is that not, <laughs> not always oh sorry uh, the King of Cogs actually on YouTube as yeah well, it is yeah. you can pay YouTube for it uh, which is a new thing that YouTube <laughs> I mean, is doing as well idea. I mean it's very hard well it's very it's very it's very uh, difficult with YouTube of course because they are the purveyors of piracy as well at the same mm, time so mm. they've got the pay YouTube um, you know three ninety nine or whatever to watch it and then the next result is Free. Uh, watch it for free, right yeah. there. You choose. <laughs> you choose, guys. Sophie's choice. You must choose. So it's um, Murder on a Sunday Morning won an Oscar. It's amazing. For the best documentary mm. in 2002. What's that? 2002. Okay, so I was always going to It's probably an older on. thing. But we'll yeah. watch that in a. Do. I really highly recommend episode. it. That sounds Just great. fantastic. Any other you like? Uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. 
That's interesting. About a really beautiful sushi restaurant in a subway in Japan. And uh, the mechanics of that, I suppose, and the fact the way it's passed down through the family and his pursuit of excellence. That's a quite a sweet one. Um, do you prefer documentaries to film? As you mm, get older, do you prefer as documentaries? As I get older. <laughs> Is that um, what you found? Yeah, what I do seek that out. Yeah, I think I, I, think I, I do... I would certainly tend towards a documentary before a, a fictional film now, mm. I think, yeah. Yeah. And I, do you know what? I actually watched recently Bowling for Columbine, which I hadn't yes. ever seen. And I, obviously I missed when it was the big thing. I think that's obviously it won Oscars, but I do think it's one of the best it is excellent. pieces of documentary film. It is excellent. I, he loses really me at, at points, but it, I think it is a beautifully put together But then he just piece. draws you back in, like the yeah, Walmart, yeah. suddenly like, oh my God. Is it the, is that the one where he goes to Charlton Heston's house with a picture of a kid? That's right, yeah. yeah well, and Charlton Heston, like, I don't want you out of my house. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I was throwing a camera off. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Is that available for Charlton Heston impersonations? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's a hell of a call for that. <laughs> hell of a call. Um, well, what about you? Documentary? For, are you, are you, I guess indie game. And uh... no, I don't, I don't think indie games that great. I, my favourite ones are uh, I've talked the, about art the art of killing. The act of killing. Act of killing. We always get that, that. No, I haven't. Uh, it's one of the most incredible films. I've Absolutely seen. mind blowing, isn't it? It's wow. phenomenal. Act of killing, capturing the Freemans, American movie. Uh, I can't remember what I, I really liked uh, Searching for Sugar Man just because I, oh, I yeah. did not know where it was going and it was such a sort of surprise yeah. it's wonderful that was one I watched just on a sort of afternoon I had free I thought I'll just pop in and see what this is I don't yeah, know yeah. anything about it it's a lovely way to see a film I still listen Gorgeous. to the album oh well, I do too <laughs> yeah. love it yeah no it's excellent mm. it's excellent um, well I think we'll call it a day there. Oh, what fun. Um, yes, uh, one mediocre documentary. That's a bit unfair. It was good. And uh, one absolutely amazing documentary. Mm-hmm. Immortal documentary, probably. I mean, it is the one people talk about when documentary is King of Kong. So thank you for bringing us in. Thank you um, for having me. Do you, uh, have you got anything you want to plug or anything? Did you see that David asked me that beforehand and I said no, he said he wouldn't bring it up and now look. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah you were clearly not listening, having yeah. a biscuit or something. Oh, no. Yeah. If you want to write in to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call, good call. Um, yes, if you'd like to write in to us and have your uh, letter read out on the show, then please email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or you can talk to one another, facebook.com forward slash filmfandango, or tweet us, and if we're online, we'll maybe reply. Uh, our handle is at filmfandango, or you can tweet myself at Mr. David Reed or at Marit Larwood. Um, we will be back next week with yet more films. What's Gemma's Twitter? Do you have one? At Whelan Gemma, I think. That's going to go oh, mental. No. Mental. <laughs> I don't know if it gonna, is. You don't know. Someone's going to get uh, um, millions of followers. Oh yeah, they are. But I don't have given you the right one. The right. How many do you have? Do you have? Yeah, it is at Whelan Gemma. At Whelan Gemma. So was that Gemma Whelan taken? Yeah, who's, Gemma Whelan was who's taken. That bitch? Do you know what? I think I might have taken it, but I forgot my password. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh no, that bitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Ouch. I mean, it's just, Note to know, end on. It's going to get nasty in here. Oh. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Keep, Keep watching, watching the, the films. films. Bye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.